0: hello 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 this is michelle donatian coming to you from moments with michelle donatian i hope that you're having a wonderful wonderful evening it is thursday july the 11th here so it's been a very cool cool uh day and just been really wonderful So, you know, Moments with Michelle Donatian, you can find us on our podcast, uh, on Anchor. If you have the Anchor app, you can go there. It's called Moments with Michelle Donatian. You can go to iTunes. You can find us, if you just Google search, um, you can find us all over the web. And we're just really excited. The episodes generally air Monday nights at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes we have some special episodes like today. I'm bringing you this special episode. I'm so excited. So I want you to share it with your friends, share it with your loved ones, and just sit down, relax, get a cup of tea, something to drink, and let's just have a little heart-to-heart talk today. I really wanted to share something with you, and this is really something that's been on my heart, and it's just been, honestly, I've just been, it's been bursting in my heart, and I just wanted to share it with you. And it's about starting over. I know that so many people, you know, they look at their lives and they think about how they've messed up and how things are so wrong and how they feel like it couldn't go any more wrong, but I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ gives us a new moment. Every breath, literally every breath is a new opportunity to say, Lord Jesus, I repent. I repent for my sin against you. I repent for the wrong decisions I've made for being disobedient to you. Lord Jesus, turn everything around. And my friends, he does just like that. It's so amazing to me. I'm so excited about it. And I just want to share it with you because I know so many of you have been discouraged. You know, I've been discouraged many times. And what I've learned is that the love of Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, is never ending. It never goes away, ever. Even when we turn from Him, the love never, His love never goes away. He's always there, always ready for us. And so before we go in any deeper, I want to just take a moment to pray for you, to pray for you and uh, just, I just want to see God's beauty in your life and his mercy, and I want you to see what he says about you. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, oh, we love you. We love you, Heavenly Father. You're so mighty and you're so glorious. Your name is even holy. Holy. And we come before you because you are so mighty. You created us. You created the heavens and the earth. And you know us in our inner workings. You know us better than we know ourselves. So as we come here today, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit. I ask you to send your Holy Spirit to touch all of our hearts, Lord. Touch our hearts. Soften our hearts. Reveal to us what needs to change as your word says hallelujah Oh Lord (laughs) just reveal our hearts to us Lord renew a right spirit within each and every one of us and we promise to give you the glory we promise to give you all the honor and the praise and we thank you for it in Jesus name amen I'm just so excited to share this with you today because I just honestly it's like I feel like it's like me giving you a hug Even though I can't hug each and every one of you. I'm a hugger. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? I hate to say, what's the word? I'm an affectionate person. I like to touch people. I just do naturally. It's one of the ways that I show love. And I would just love to hug each and every one of you to let you know it's going to be okay. But you know, you don't really need my hug. The Holy Spirit is there for you. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And he's going to give you that hug that you need by revelation as, you, as we talk here today. So starting over. Some people say it's really difficult. It's really not. Starting over is a matter of remembering who you are in Christ. Anytime I've started over, anytime you need to start over, that's all you need to remember who you are in Jesus Christ because the Lord God has so many promises for you that walk in his spirit. So many promises and for those of you that he's tugging at your heart and even though you know maybe you're having this inner struggle, this struggle back and forth this struggle where you keep going one way and then another way, this struggle the Lord God is going to continue to draw you and as long as you have a desire To serve him with your whole heart. He's going to keep pulling you and drawing you. And as long as you have a desire for the word of God, you know everything is okay. As long as you have a desire for the word of God, you know everything is okay. If you lose a desire for the word of God, you need to be alert and aware that that is not good. That means that you you've somehow you've rejected the Lord and you've rejected the Lord and you rejected the Lord, and the Holy Spirit can't move in you when you reject him. Do you understand if you have a desire for the Word, even the smallest bit, God will use that. See He wants us to be willing vessels. He wants us to be willing vessels and a willing vessel will love to the deepest, most wonderful and beautiful depths that the heart could ever love. How do you start over? You start over by saying, Lord God, I've done it again. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for my sin. You see, maybe you found yourself in the middle of the same old thing yet again. Oh, and you're frustrated and you feel discouraged. Like how could God ever love me or use me? Let me remind you about Moses. Let me tell you about Moses. This blew my mind when I read it and I understood Moses, we know he came from the palace, and then he, of course, he went to be with his people, then he fled, we know he fled, and he went out to you know Midian, he was in the Midian for years and years and years, and when God called him, when God called him, and he told him what his plan was for him, can you guess what Moses did? Moses started making excuses. Moses started talking about how well you know I I, I can't speak very well because we know Moses stuttered, right? Oh, I, I'm not a man of good speech, and oh, wait, but the people won't listen; they won't believe me, and oh, oh wait, 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 but then they'll think this, but then the people will say that. Moses came up with so many excuses. Does it sound familiar? <laughs> Moses came up with just as many as excuses, just as many excuses as you and I have probably come up with. I've come up with a lot of excuses in my time. I've come up with so many excuses. I'm not even, I can't even begin to tell you them all because I don't even remember (sighs) probably 90% of them. But I've come up with some serious ones, some real excuses as to why I couldn't obey the Lord. And I know you have too. Because you're human. But why do I tell you that? I tell you that because I want you to understand that God created you and he knows. He knows. He knows your heart better than you know your heart. He knows that when he created you, he was going to give you free will. And your free will was going to be something that he had to mold. Until one day, your free will would be that, Lord God, I want to give you my whole heart, everything. Everything I have, take it, it's yours. I don't want anything if it's not you. That's my heart. And that's what he wants for us. And even more, he wants so much more. And the more I study the word, and the more I walk, The more I understand there's so much more. I haven't arrived. You haven't arrived. Neither of us will ever arrive. None of us will ever arrive. Because there's a constant growing. Always growing. Remember when Paul. Paul. Who wrote most of the Bible. Or I should say one man who wrote more of the Bible than anybody else. He talked about falling and failing. And am uh, 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 not going to be with the Lord God. It's real for us all because the Bible says that the flesh is at enmity with the spirit, and the spirit is always at enmity with the flesh. So you might say, I want to do what's right, but something, just you just want to do what feels good sometimes. Listen, I know I'm human like you. I know, but I also know this. The benefits far outweigh anything you could ever imagine when you do choose the Lord Jesus, when you choose to surrender to Him, when you choose to live a life of surrender for Him. Paul called himself the slave of Christ. That's what I say. I say, Lord God, I'm your slave. I'm your slave. I'm your slave. Use me as you will. Use me the way you want me to use me, the way you want to use me. Give me a desire for anything that you desire. Give me a desire to be used by you. Because, friends, we have to pray for that, too. We have to pray for that, too, because that comes with growth. It comes with growth through the Holy Spirit. And you can't grow unless you read your word. You cannot grow in Jesus Christ unless you read your word. No, he's not forcing you to read your word, but he is drawing you to read it because the Bible says that we are cleansed and washed with the word of God. We're not washed by anything else. It's the word of God. The word of God, how else will we know what he said if we don't know the word? And how else will we know when it's not the Lord speaking if we don't study the word? How else will we know? How else will we know when we're comparing ourselves to ourselves as com- versus comparing ourselves to the word of God? The Bible says that the wicked people compare themselves to themselves. Meaning they say, well, I'm better than him. At least I'm not doing that sin that he's doing. At least I'm not as bad as her. That's comparing yourselves to yourselves. Meaning you're looking at the group of people that you see and you're comparing yourself to them. You're always going to see their worst and your best. And even if you do see your worst, the Bible says that that's wicked. It says to compare yourself to the word of God. The word of God is a mirror to look at yourself in. When you look at yourself in the mirror, the mirror that is the word of God, you begin to see who you really are. You begin to see your wicked heart. Yes, friends, we all have a wicked heart. Every one of us. At heart, we want what makes us feel good. We want what's easy. We don't want to fight. We don't want to have trouble and tribulation. Come on, let's be real. But the more you read the word, the more you can turn yourself around. No, I shouldn't say you can turn yourself around. The more the Lord moves in your heart and turns your heart towards him, where you begin to desire the things that God desires. And when the tribulation and trouble come, You don't throw your hands up in the air and say, that's it. I can't handle this anymore. Or, oh my gosh, what's happening? Oh my gosh, this is not what God's will is. Or, God's will is only supposed to be easy. No, because when you know the word, you understand the truth. And the truth is life isn't easy. Life is always going to be difficult. But life is going to be rewarding because you have Jesus Christ walking with you. You in him and him in you. And when you have that, you have everything. When you have that, you have everything. So why do I say I want to talk to you about starting over? Friends, you've been walking in this thing we call life. And you've been sinning and making bad choices. You know you have. I'm not telling you anything new. And you've been crying out to the Lord or maybe crying out to yourself or just thinking on your own in your own heart when you lay your head down at night on that pillow. It's going to be you, the Lord. You and the Lord. You know it. I know it. You're the only two people that know what's going on in your head. And sometimes it's agonizing. When you have a desire to live for the Lord, or you want what you are supposed to want, when you want, what you want more through Jesus Christ, when you want more in your life, it's agonizing. When you continue making the same mistake. I know from experience. I'm not telling you something I haven't been through. I'm not telling you something that I am not familiar with on any way. I'm also not telling you anything that I'm not familiar with when I say that you can start over like that. The blood of Jesus was shed for that very reason. For that very reason. All it takes is the words out of your mouth and you believe it in your heart. That's it. That's all it takes. It's so simple, but it is so important and necessary. It's crucial to your walk with Christ. The Bible says, let me take you there. Okay. I was reading this earlier. I didn't, let's see if I can find this here because it's so beautiful. It's in the book of first John. Okay. And Oh Lord, where is it? Okay. Oh, here it is. It was sitting right in front of me. This is the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 8. And it says If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. I'm going to just let that kind of sink in for a moment. Some people say let that (laughs) marinate. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. That is a point blank statement. That is not a question. That is not for this group over here. That is not only if this and that and this and no, 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 no. This is for every one of us. It says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. If you say you have no sin, you're a liar. That's right. Don't take my word for it. The Bible says it. The Bible says it, you see it for yourself. Open up your word and read along with me. I want you to see this for yourself because you've got to understand that the word is so deep and profound, yet so simple, and it is the light unto your path, the light. Everything that you need is in the word because what it does is it begins to give you an understanding of who you are in Christ through the blood. When you reject the blood, when you stomp on the blood, when you trample on it, as the word says, when it's as if you're causing to crucify himself again, resurrect again, be resurrected again, the word is always true. Always. So it says then, I'm going to continue. It says, it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. That's point blank. And verse 9 says, if we confess our sins. <sighs> now I want you to listen, okay? Grasp this hold on to this. Never let it go. Don't ever forget it. Never. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Didn't I tell you it's easy? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness, all of it, all of it. You see, unrighteousness is anything that goes against the word of God. Jesus said, you know, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say. You say that you love me, but you don't obey me. Love is obeying the Lord Jesus obeying him is living a righteous life saying, Oh, I'm a Christian, but you know, it's okay when I get angry, you know, uh, you know, um, that, you know, I'm going to come out of my Christianity or I'm going to set aside my Christianity. No, that's not holy. That's not holy. That's not the word. Verse 10, before I go to verse 10, I just want you to think about that. When you think you've gone too far, when you have, in your mind, when you've gone too far, it wasn't too far. Because Jesus said, this is his word, this is him. The word incarnate, the word in the flesh, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word. It says it in John 1. He is the word. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, if you say you don't sin, you're a liar. You make him a liar he's not a liar. That means his word is not in us. You say you are a Christian, but you live a life of sin. You're reading things you shouldn't be reading. You know, uh, let me give you an example. You know, some of us, you know, we read these romance novels, we call them romance novels, but that what it is is it's soft pornography. And there's nothing soft about pornography in any stretch of the word. It's sexual immorality. Whatever you put before your eyes, whatever you put before your eyes, you become like. The Bible says it. Whatever you put before your eyes, you become like. If you're watching shows with profane language, cuss words, and sex scenes, that's wicked. Whatever you put before your eyes, you become like. You're reading these these books with with, you know, talking about, all these things in the secular world, all these things that are not holy, all these wicked things—murder and gore, and uh, 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 gossip, and 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 sex—and all all this, thi- all these things—that's not holy. God said, "What you put into your eyes, your eye gates, whatever you whatever you watch, whatever you hear, you become like. Whatever those things are that are coming in, should be holy." You can't walk in holiness while you walk and enjoy sin. I kind of said a mouthful. You cannot enjoy sin and walk in the spirit. You can't do them both. The Bible says it. That's called you now being in sin. And I go right back to 1 John 1, 8, 9, and 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. (sighs) If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. God wants you to live a holy life. That's the only way you're going to see him. That's the only way that you'll go to heaven. The Bible says it. You read it. The Bible says so. You cannot live in wickedness and in sin and then go to be with the Father. You can't. God wants a purified body of Christ, a body without spot or wrinkle. We're part of the body of Christ and the Lord God wants that. He wants us to be holy. So I encourage you today to stop, to say to yourself, it's not too late. It's not too late. It isn't too late. It's not. You have the Lord Jesus Christ on your side. He loves you. He's drawing you. Why else are you watching this video? Think about it. (laughs) Why else are you watching this video? Because the Lord drew you by his spirit. The Bible says that none may come to the Father but by Jesus Christ. And none may come to Jesus Christ but those who are drawn by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit drew you. You didn't find him, he found you. He knew where you were all along. And he's been there loving you because he created you. He knew where you were all along, but you finally opened your eyes understood how much the Lord God loves you and I how much he loves us he loves us oh does he love you and me Jesus 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 I'm gonna sing a song to you please don't mind my voice I'm not a vocalist (laughs) that's not my call but I do love the Lord. And I just wanna sing, it's not really to you. I want you to sing it with me unto the Lord. He wants us to worship him. And the song is called Jesus, sing along with me. If you don't know the words, they're so simple, so simple. But Jesus wants us Heart, soul, mind, body. He wants all of us. He wants us. He doesn't want us to say we love him, but we really don't. He wants us to serve him with everything that we are. Because that's how you serve your master. He says, master, savior. Jesus. I'm looking for a scripture here. And If I can find it, I'm going to share it with you. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I can find this scripture and this is the scripture. I want you to see it where he says if you love me then obey my commandments if you love me then obey my commandments well I wasn't planning to share that with you but let's see here well what I want you to do is you can Google it because, yeah, I'm not sure where it is right offhand, but I believe it's in the book of Matthew. And if you love, he says, If you love me, then obey my commandments. That's what he says. If you love me, then obey my commandments. Yeah, I, I don't see it here, but. There are so many, so much. There's so much in the Word. Yeah. I don't, I can't find it right off this hand, right off this, right off uh, hand, but Google it. Let's look one more place. Because I just want you to see this. It's so important. Okay. All right, now, here is, okay, all right, well, I'm so sorry, here it is, I'm going to read this, and this is the book of Matthew, this is not the exact scripture I was looking for, but... This scripture is also beautiful and it also says basically the same thing and points you in the same direction. And it says, the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. Right there, says, only those that will do the will of the Father are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. I have to repeat it. The book of Matthew, I want you to go there. You need to see it. The book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. If you don't do his will, friend, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. That's in the word. That's the word. Why do you think? No, no, no. Let me read some more. In verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. This shows you right here, ministry does not equal salvation. Now, do not get me wrong. The Lord God can use you to do great and mighty works, and people can have salvation through your ministry. But you could die and go right to hell, and have had A hundred thousand souls go to heaven because of your preaching and you go right to hell. It says it right here. It says it right here. Paul even said it. He said he, he was afraid that if he, uh, he, he wanted to make sure his heart was right because he didn't want to preach and other people be saved. Then he goes to hell and his heart's not because his heart's not right. It's 100% possible. And you need to understand that you have to understand how serious it is. God wants all of you. He wants us all, every bit of us, every bit. He wants your heart, your mind, your eyes, your your, your everything. Because he has so much more for you. That's the beauty. The beauty of it is there's so much more for you. And I'm going to read here in verse 22. This is just really sad. And maybe this is you right now. If it is, just listen. And if you can identify with this, I'm going to share something with you. What you can do. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse 23 And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Yes, this is what I'm telling you. This is the word. You can be a pastor. You can have a million souls saved through your ministry. People can love you. You can touch the lives of many, many people and still die and go to hell. There is no once saved, every, every, always saved. It, right here it says it. Right here. God can use you, but if you're not walking with your heart, your heart surrendered over to him and over to him. And over to him every day, daily, daily, daily. What good is it? Ministry doesn't mean that you're gonna see the kingdom of God. The Bible says that God will not, God doesn't take his gifts back. He doesn't repent for the gifts that he's given us. He, He he gives us a gift, and that's it without repentance. That's what the word says. He gives us gifts without repentance. So if you're a preacher, he gave you that gift. If you are a pastor, he gave you that gift. If you're an evangelist, he gave you that gift. If you are whatever it is, a teacher, whatever it is, a prophet, he gave you that gift. He gives gifts without repentance. That's in his word. But his word says we have a choice. A choice. That's why you can love him with such great intensity because it's your choice. It truly is your choice, friends. I used to think about this. I used to wonder about people who, um, who were Christians. And I didn't really get it, and I would think to myself, and maybe, maybe this is you. Maybe this is you. I don't have to go down my own path, but. Maybe this is you. Maybe you're wondering, what's the point? What's the point? I, I, I'm pretty sure some of you are thinking that. And maybe you're embarrassed to ask. Maybe you're afraid to ask. Maybe you've been asking it and didn't even realize that's what you've been asking in your heart. What is the point? Why serve God? Because without the Lord God, there's no peace. There's no light. There's no eternity with him. If you don't serve Jesus here, you won't be with him in eternity. You'll be in hell for eternity. And hell is not a pretty place. Hell is an awful, horrible, just a horrible place. But heaven, and even here today, you can walk in the presence of God and live in his presence. You don't have to wait until you die to experience the presence of God. That will be something wonderful and beautiful and we look forward to that. But even today, although I may not be in heaven today and physically see him, but here I can walk in his presence because he sent his Holy Spirit to fill me, to give me power, power, power. Power, let me back up. There's two reasons. One is the Holy Spirit would draw you that you might be saved, that you might have salvation. Because remember, I told you earlier, and it's in the Word, you cannot be saved lest the Holy Spirit draw you. If the Holy Spirit didn't draw you, you're not gonna be saved. It's just not. The Bible says it. No man will be saved lest the Holy Spirit draw him. So when I was saved, the Holy Spirit was drawing me. And even now, until this day, He's always drawing me and drawing me and drawing me and drawing me. And my prayer is that He'll never stop. That He'll never stop. That's my hope. That's my prayer. And I know when I pray the will of the Father, He is faithful to do it. I don't have to worry about it. Just like when you, we read that word earlier. When we read that word earlier and He said that He was faithful. And if you repent, you profess your sins, like that He'll forgive them. His blood was shed for that. All you have to do is repent before the Lord. That's all you need to do. That's it. With your mouth. And when you repent, you change. That means change. See, David prayed that the Lord would change his heart and renew a right spirit within him. You've got to ask Him. You've got to ask Him. Lord, give me a desire for you. Give me a desire to spend time with you. Give me a desire to sit in your presence. And the more that you have that desire, the more that desire will be, the greater it will be, the stronger it will be. And to sit in His presence is so beautiful. Nothing else matters. Nothing. Nothing. You begin to understand how much He loves you. You begin to see you can't do anything without Him, nothing, but through Christ who strengthens you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All things. That includes starting over. How do you start over? You recognize that you are in sin. You've got to be reading your word in order to see that you need to start over. Something's not right. Things aren't going well in your life. Everything seems to be falling apart. Go to the word. And while you read the word, the Lord is going to renew your mind. And you're going to begin to remember and understand. And to see what the word has to say about your life and how to live it. And it is the truth. And the Bible says also. You begin to grow in the word. and once you become a man, then you leave those things. you leave that old sin. It even gives the example that him that stole stole no more, steal no more. And no we're not all men, but you understand what I mean. The Bible's saying that you and I, as we become mature in the things of God, we, first of all, we become mature in the things of God by spending time in His Word and spending time worshiping Him, talking to Him, adoring Him, loving Him, understanding that wherever you are, whenever you're walking around, when you're vacuuming your floor, or you're going for a walk with the kiddos, the Lord is with you. The Lord Jesus is right there with you. Don't forget. He's right there with you. The Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's right there with you by his spirit. Always loving us. Always loving us. Always. He loves you so much that he prays the Lord. Oh, so much. I mean, (laughs) I can say so much and there's so much I want to say, but I only have so much time to share it with you. This is my way of giving you that big hug, encouraging you. It isn't over. The Lord God didn't give up on you. You're not a lost cause. There is hope. You can turn around. You can serve God. You are a woman of God. You are a man of God. Make a decision today. Make a decision today. Profess with your mouth that you've been in sin. Christians sin every day as well. The Bible says it. We may not set out to do sin, but we do sin. All of us, you're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. Remember, Jesus said, "Let him that is without sin throw the first stone." Remember when the Pharisees brought the prostitute? Well, I don't know if she was a prostitute, but she was a woman sleeping with a man, an unmarried. Uh, uh, she wasn't married to the man; they weren't married. They dragged her out before Jesus, and he said to them, "Let him who is without sin throw the first stone." And he forgave that woman. Remember, he wrote down in the ground. And he said, woman, where are your accusers now? Remember? The accuser of the brethren is Satan. The Bible tells us that that's what he lives. That's what he wants to do. He wants to accuse you and beat you down, beat you down, beat you down to a point where you feel like you can't get up. And then you feel like, what's the point? I'm going to just give up. He knows the power of that. Don't be unwise, don't think the devil and his demons don't know what the word of God says too. They know the word and they know when you know the word. And why does that matter? Because if you don't understand what authority you have through Jesus Christ and if you don't understand the promises that you have that you can hold on to and stand up and walk in, my friend you're in trouble. The answer's right here. This is what's gonna tell you. The word. Reading the word. Reading the word. Reading the word. Reading the word. Maybe maybe. It's just time for me to just, I want to just worship the Lord. And I want you to worship him with me. And this song is called Jesus. You've probably heard it before. But it's an anointed song. And when you worship the Lord, it's not about singing about him. It's about singing to him. It's a love song. And I'm not talking about just this song. Worshiping God is singing to him about how wonderful and lovely he is. That's worship. And worship is only about you. It's not about your flesh and jumping around and stomping your feet. No, I'm sorry, friends. That's nothing but the flesh. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. It's all through the word. He says, be still and know that I am God. When you sing under the Lord, it's about you praising him. It's not about all this other stuff. It's just about him. That's it. Friends, it's not for your neighbor to see. It's not for the person sitting in the pew next to you. It's not for your pastor to see, for your kids to see. It is about Jesus. That's it. He's the one to be glorified. The Bible says, no flesh can glory in his presence. No flesh. If you're about, you know, jumping around and all this stuff, and, and that's not from the Lord, that's the flesh. I know you probably mean well, but that's the flesh. And if the Bible says no flesh will glory in his presence... I don't want my flesh rising up in his presence. I don't want my flesh. My flesh is pitiful. My flesh is, it's a nuisance. It gets in the way. My flesh, (laughs) oh, I could tell you stories. But I don't need to because you've got the same flesh. Whatever your problems or your sins are, you know what I'm talking about. It's our flesh. And this worship is all about Jesus, not about me or you. So I'm going to sing a song and I want you to sing it along with me and just adore the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you have your time by yourself with him, spend time every day with him, every day with him. Daniel spent, prayed three times a day. Why not? Three times a day. Just talk to the Lord. Read his word. Carve out some time for him. Instead of turning on the TV and watching TV and you know, saying, I need some time to relax. I've done it, I know. Or I'm gonna watch the movie. Open up your Bible. Read your word. It'll fuel your, it will fuel your prayer life. And when you pray, a man or a woman that doesn't pray is a man or a woman that is dead in the spirit. That scared me when I heard that. Prayerlessness. Oh, that's a whole serious thing. You need to be praying. And the word of God is going to fuel your heart and your spirit. And you're going to be praying. And you're going to ask the Holy Spirit, what do I pray? Because the Bible says it. We don't know what to pray. We know, what, we, know what, we know not what we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays through us, right? Ask him, what do you want me to pray for? How do I pray? What do I pray? And then worship him. In the book of Matthew, you know, in the book of Matthew chapter 6, he talks about Jesus taught them how to pray, Okay. It's chapter 6, you can go there, verse 9. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. They asked him, how do they pray? And he told them, with forgiveness in your heart, he said as well. So, the Lord is just so mighty. The Lord is just so mighty. I'm going to read that to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Amen. That's it. You start out by hallowing the Lord God, your Father in heaven, telling him how wonderful he is. That's what that means. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You start by telling him. Don't start with gimme, gimme, gimme. Start with, Lord God, you're so mighty, you're so wonderful, you're so holy. We love you. That's where you start. This is the word. This is what the word says. Then you're saying, I want what you want. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're giving him over your heart. You're saying, I want the things that you want here on this earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Your daily bread is your word. The word, that's Jesus. That's your fuel, your food. You'll die without your word. You will spiritually die. You won't even know that you did. You won't even see yourself drifting away. Trust me. If you do not have it daily, if you do not eat the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ, which is the word of God, if you don't eat it daily, daily, you will die spiritually. You will drift away. You will drift away. Because we need this thing. Our flesh is always against us. In enmity against the spirit. Your flesh is going to take you right down the path to hell. Because your flesh wants what feels good, right? You know. You know how it is. You want to eat. Yeah, I don't know. what's what's. I can't even give you a good example. Well, I can give you a million examples. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, I told you earlier about... Watching movies or TV shows or reading books that are about sexual immorality, that are talking about things that you shouldn't be reading. You shouldn't be watching that stuff. You shouldn't be listening to that music that's not drawing you closer to God. The things that you read and you watch should be drawing you closer to God. Because your flesh wants to take you away from the Lord. Yeah, it's true. The Bible says it. Your flesh is at enmity with the spirit, and the spirit is at enmity with flesh. That means your spirit, your 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 flesh is always trying to take you away. It's trying to satisfy itself and make itself feel good. Serving God is taking up your cross daily. It's not always so easy. Those are things of the spirit. The things of the spirit cannot be understood by darkness. Light could not, darkness could not comprehend the light. It says in the book of 1 John, darkness could not comprehend the light. So darkness is always going to be there on this earth. And it's always going to be, you know, trying to propel itself. But light, because it can't understand light. Light is Jesus Christ. It comes as Jesus Christ. And that's, when you're born again, that's in your spirit man. That's what you want to feed. So as you read this, you read your word every day. You're feeding your spirit man. You're feeding your spirit man. You're strengthening your spirit man. You're praying. You're spending time with the Lord. You're worshiping him. You're adoring him. You're talking to him. You're practicing his presence. He's with you wherever you are. You remember that when you're gossiping about that lady that crossed the street Or remember when you're talking about that pastor who did those wrong things. I know he did something wrong, but that's between him and God, not you, him and God. Don't go down those paths. The Bible even tells us here, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So when that person did something wrong to you, you need to ask God to forgive you so he'll forgive. Or to forgive you for... Not forgiving them, if you didn't, so that he'll forgive you. If you don't forgive them, he won't forgive you. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So he's saying, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So forgive us what we've done wrong as we forgive those who've done something wrong unto us. Because we know that happens, right? You've done a lot wrong to other people and other people have done a lot wrong to you. And you got to let it go. It's right here. It says it. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So we're asking him to help us, to keep us on the straight and narrow path, to keep us on that path, away from destruction, into his arms. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Now we're giving him glory and praise. We're saying it's your kingdom and your power and your glory forever. And then we choose to agree with him. Amen. See, living your life for Christ is about him. Not about you. I know you're human. And things hurt, I know, because I'm human too, and things hurt me. When someone says something unkind, yeah, sometimes it hurts. But I'm so grateful. The Lord Jesus is here. He binds up the brokenhearted. And that's you and me. And he gives us everything we need. Everything. Everything. That hug that you need. He gives it to you by his Holy Spirit. (sighs) Did that encourage you today? I really hope it did. I hope that it encouraged you as much as it has encouraged me. I hope it has encouraged you as much as it's encouraged me. When I came to that revelation, I was blown away. Because I always thought, I was always, not a perfectionist, but I was always a person who thought, that's it. I mean, you know, you mess up only so many times, and then once you do, that's, that's that. You, you, you've blown it. That's what I felt like. But as long as you seek the Lord, you can't. You haven't blown it. You can do that. But that's only if you don't seek Him. You see, that's the simplicity of it. Seek Him. Ask Him. And he's faithful. He cannot lie. He is truth. Not he gives us truth. He is truth. That's him. So. I want just. If you are one of those people who are thinking to yourself. I. I want some peace. Peace. I want to have a new start. You know, I never really lived my life for the Lord. Or maybe you did and you stopped. You turned away. And you just want a fresh and filling. You just want to be on a fresh beginning. You want a fresh new beginning. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say it with your mouth and mean it in your heart. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I understand that I'm a sinner and my sin keeps me away from you, but I believe that you're the son of God and you died on the cross and shed your blood for my sins so that my sins would be forgiven. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, come and live inside my heart because I love you and I want you to be my Lord and my savior. I give you everything that I have, and I choose to serve you. I choose to serve you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to show me how to live my life for you. I thank you. I will give you all the praise In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Now, we don't have enough time for me to to sing that song, but I just want you to be encouraged. I love you. Thank you so much for watching and listening. God bless you. Goodbye.